Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, September 15th, the Smoking Conundrum Edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I host another podcast called The Best Advice Show, and I'm a father to two kids. My daughter, Noah, just turned five, and my son, Ami, is two. Today, we live in Detroit. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. Ami! Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Well, today we've got a mom in a tricky situation. Her 12-year-old confided in her that a friend was pressuring her to smoke weed. The friend is a frequent visitor to their house, and now our letter writer isn't sure what to do. Does she keep it a secret? Talk to the friend's parents? Or maybe talk to the kid herself? Then on Slate Plus, kids sometimes get left behind. Inspired by Bill and Hillary leaving their daughter Chelsea behind in a famous building, we share some of our stories. Here's a sneak peek of what you will hear if you have Slate Plus. I see my dad and run up and like grab his hand and I'm we're walking hand in hand and then, you know, I'm just like, whatever, daydreaming, <laughs> looking around. And then I look up at my dad and realize, oh, that's not my dad. <laughs> And then the guy looks down at at me and realizes, oh, my God, that's not my son. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Not only do you get a bonus segment from us every week, but you get to listen ad-free when you have Slate Plus. And it's not just us. You get to listen to all of Slate's content ad-free, and you won't hit a paywall on our site. This show wouldn't be possible without Slate Plus memberships. Please consider joining if you can. You can sign up by going to slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Again, that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. All right, we're back. Uh, Jamila, triumph or fail this week? I have a great triumph this week. I can't take credit for it. It's great for me. It's not the greatest (laughs) storytelling. So let me set your expectations where they need to be. But after two years without, Naima is in an after-school program. I've always, like, for most of her life, was able to work a long day, you know, and commute. And, you know, there was somewhere for her to be. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, there was a year that was disrupted by the pandemic. And when she returned back to school, there was no after school. And then last year, we just didn't put her in the after school program because we don't love the one at her school. But it was really killing me to pick her up every day at two o'clock on Tuesdays Mm -hmm. and three o'clock, you know, the other three days of the week that I pick her up. And it's just, not, I mean, I have a 30 minute commute to her school, so it's just really not much of a work day, you know. Like, once I've dropped her off, yeah, I like, have what to you're done after lunch, yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> you know. And so, um, and my workload has only increased recently. And you know, as I've mentioned, I am trying to write a book, uh, there's a very real deadline for that book. I've just been kind of at my wits end and her dad sent me a flyer for an after school program that transports kids to and from her school and a few other schools in the area. And we signed her up and she started yesterday. The only thing that kind of sucks is that yesterday she was the only kid there. Um, The program has (laughs) itself been shut down for three years because of COVID. And 
now they're trying to get kids back in. And so there's only a few that are enrolled. Hopefully she's supposed to have two other kids there today. So not the most exciting time for her, but I'm hoping that other parents will take advantage of it. It's affordable. It's a really nice facility. Um, but, you know, hopefully they will come because I, I'm not going to make her be the only kid in after school all year, obviously. But um, for now, we are in a good place because I can actually work and I can leave here at five, five thirty and pick her up and have a real adult work day. It's such a big deal. I mean, I've been having to pick Noah up. Um, I mean, all summer I was having to pick her up at three and she's been resisting aftercare since we started school this year and three o'clock. I mean, part of me would, be, it would, it would be great if I could build my life around like being really, uh, productive before. Productive. Yeah. Like, and just like stop work at 245 and I would love to love that setup but it does feel like I just can't get everything done that I need to and I'm I'm okay even doing it a couple days a week but doing it more than a couple days a week it really starts to impact um, work life so it's such a fine balance I'm glad you're able to find a program that actually feels good thank you Elizabeth how about you it's a triumph for our routine but a I've increased my own burden is what's happened here so um, Oliver, bless him, he asks me a hundred times a day, like, what are we doing next? I'll be like, get your shoes on. He's like, where are we going? Just like all of this, mm-hmm. even though we have like, we, because of our homeschool day, like in the morning, we kind of do a briefing, like this is what's happening today. And um, on top of that, Henry like always wants to know what is next for school. He is like very motivated by getting stuff done. And in the past, I had used like a planner for him. So I got him another planner and he is now old enough to like he writes down the stuff and I sit with him and help him kind of fill it, fill it out. So he sort of knows what's going on. And at least now, like when I come downstairs in the morning, he's like meeting me with his done done work. But then Oliver is like, where are we going? So I bought Oliver a planner. And here's the thing. It's working great. But I have to write all the stuff in it <laughs> because he's completely incapable of keeping any of this organized. I'm taking it as a win because he is now going to the planner to see what Instead is coming. So, so I write Ooh, all the work uh-huh. down that we already know and then the things we have scheduled and like when he will have class because I homeschool with another family. So like, hey, people are coming here. We're going there. So it's nice, you know, but if I miss something, <laughs> he's like, but it's not on the planner. And it's like, wow. I understand. <laughs> Calendar management is something that I still struggle with. It's I feel like it's such an important life skill. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he's like buying into the efficacy of it, I feel like that's good. And I think you're right. Maybe next step. Um, whenever that might be, would be for him to... When he's 18. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about doing a shared digital calendar? So we have a shared digital calendar that Jeff and I use and Henry also has access to and can see. And when I sit down with him once a week, we look at the digital calendar to like fill out his calendar. And then he knows things like we typically do one math lesson a week so he can fill that in for his planner to kind of look right and and he mm-hmm. too has the concept that like this is flexible if we get to one of those and it's super hard we can we can move when that's mm-hmm. due Oliver is like so overwhelmed by looking at the digital count. You know, he's like, because because it has all of Jeff's stuff on it, like giving us yeah, a sense yeah, yeah, of yeah, where yeah. everyone in the family is. Totally. He's like, he's like what does this have to do with me? And some of it does, because some of it means you're going to be in the car. You know, mm-hmm. like you're going to have to go for a ride so that so and so can go to gymnastics or whatever. Um, 
And that seems like too big for him. So I yeah. I think at this point, I'm just, I like that you said I'm just getting him to buy into it because that's what it feels like. It feels like this is a, instead of me being the bank of information, I've like that's given right. him a place. Like, well, you mm-hmm. can actually go check this. And eventually I would like you to populate <laughs> this <laughs> instead of me. <sighs> In the meantime, though, you are managing three calendars. Yes. Two paper, one digital. <laughs> yes. You're doing the work. <laughs> Holy so when cow. you see me sitting at the, that is what I do now at when I have to sit, you know, the kids are at gymnastics. I'm just filling out the calendars. <laughs> is any part of it satisfying for you? Yeah, I mean, I love, I love to mark things off of the calendar. Yeah. So getting yeah. to write it down and get, and I think that's what Henry likes too. Like he is like, mm-hmm. how, you know, sub can we break down this activity so that I can <laughs> mark things off? And I relate to that so yes, much. <laughs> totally. It's great that he looks at his calendar. I have to have things on my phone because I will buy a planner, fill it out, be like doing this, doing that, and just never look at it again. I Yeah. yeah. And I know not everyone's like that. That's the other thing. I don't want to force Oliver to do this, but I cannot take the like... Hey, we are we are getting our shoes on because today is Tuesday and you have school. You know, right. this is the mm-hmm. one day a week, and then he's like, "Where are we going?" <laughs> it's like. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. You have school on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, anyway, Zach, how's your week? I got a big fat failure for you. Oh, we love a those. BFF. A BFF. <laughs> so I'm cleaning out my office last week, throwing away a bunch of stuff, which feels so good. And I see some of Noah's art from this summer. I don't know about you all, but I think I throw away 95% of her work. Me too. <laughs> Um, and I'm usually I usually have show some discretion where I will throw it away. I, I need to make sure she's like not around. Mm-hmm. And if I if I'm throwing it in a common garbage can, like in the kitchen, I need to bury it so she doesn't open it up to throw her applesauce out and see her her masterpiece with like you know uh, coffee grounds all over it. But I didn't have the foresight to do that and just didn't think she'd be hanging out in my office. So I, I threw a bunch of her stuff in my garbage can. And then here she was the next day <laughs> li- uh, playing in here. And oh, she, no. she she catches a glance of the garbage can. Oh, she no. goes, Daddy, what? You you you, th- you threw away my my artwork. No. And she, she just totally caught me. And I, I didn't have anything to say, so of course I'm lying to her face, and she oh, knows no. it. I'm like, I'm like, no, oh, I was cleaning out my office, and it, I must have mistook that for trash. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, no, I feel terrible. That was a big mistake. Here, I'm gonna put it out, and now I'm gonna show you this piece, which now I can't throw away for the rest of her life, nope. even though it's really a minor work of hers. Um, a minor work. A minor work. <laughs> like. <laughs> For the listener, it's a painted plate. It's a paper plate with uh, some purple, pink, yellow. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like from her sun her sunrise series. Um, Some of her stuff I really like, and I've actually and I hang it in the kitchen. But now I'm stuck with this, and I'm also you know left just feeling like such an asshole for throwing away her creations. But I mean, like, I would I would be interested to hear a survey from you listeners, like. How much of your kids' work do you throw away? And for the stuff that you don't throw away, like how do you archive it? I throw it away. 
I throw it away in the kitchen trash can. I don't even do it discreetly. I'm like, we cannot, we cannot live amongst your art. You just set fire to it in front of your face. I'm I'm like, I did find these two, um, these frames. One of them might even be in here because I haven't hung it up, but they're like frames, but you can drop the art in the top. And I hung a series of those and the kids can choose what goes in there. They each have two little things, right? Um, and they go in there. And when you want to replace it, the old thing goes out. And I'm happy to take pictures. I, I trade the physical clutter mm-hmm. That's a good for, idea. for That's digital a good idea. clutter. I try to be discreet. I will say Naima does mo- – she draws more than she does any other artwork. She's really good at it too. And so like she draws a lot of her things in notebooks, you know, and I prefer when like she keeps them in the notebook as opposed to like tearing them out because it's now like, okay, now what are we going to do with this? But uh, when I have to disappear things, I just make sure I do it on the sly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm going to just have to start taking it to like dumpsters behind grocery stores in the middle of the night. <laughs> What about making her the keeper of it, though? Like, what if she has a book or a box or whatever, and it's like, this is what we are able to keep, and you get to curate this collection? That could be fun. And, like, once the box overflows, yeah, then, then she you has have to, to make start choices. discarding. I, mean, so I like that. That's what we do with our, like, memory boxes of things we keep. And every time we have to move or we want to add something, the kids have to go through it and say, like, well, now this doesn't hold as much like value to me yeah. you know like maybe yeah. it held a lot of value right after you painted it but now you've painted things that are much more you know valuable yeah i don't, I don't know i just think <laughs> they're creating the clutter make them deal with it <laughs> that's that's <sighs> sounds, that sounds I like th- a good i idea. mean i we've had the tantrums though when they find it in the kitchen because sometimes it comes guys i'm so Is bad this what you think of me i take it right out of their book bag and put it in the trash yeah oh totally yep <laughs> Like, yep, okay, I know that well, move very well. I'm like, let's save two to show dad. <laughs> <laughs> Lunchbox in the sink, <laughs> yeah, art in the art trash. In the trash. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We are tight. Huh? <laughs> Hang yeah. the bag back up. We're ready to go. <laughs> yep. Okay. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for a listener question. Let's dive into our listener question. Dear mom and dad. My 12-year-old daughter recently confided in me that one of her friends had tried to convince her to smoke marijuana. She had initially been tempted by the idea and then backed out, but this friend made her feel bad about it. I thanked my daughter for telling me, and we talked about the dangers and implications of the drug on young people. In the end, she seemed happy about her decision. This kid has stayed over at our place a few times, and I generally like him, although he's a little too lippy and too cool for school, in my honest opinion. I have met his grandmother, who has played a big role in providing stability for him, and he has a younger mom and no relationship with his dad. This friend has older cousins who seem to be very influential over him. And just for background, he is gay, so it's not like a romantic relationship with my daughter. They're just friends. Should I say something to his family? I'm really worried about the impact of pot smoking on a 12-year-old, and my instinct now is to restrict unsupervised visits with him. But I don't think I'm going to stop him from coming into my house. In fact, I kind of want to talk to him about his drug use. I don't know if smoking pot is regular for him, but he is vaping and just generally seems to be at a tipping point in the direction his life will go. What should I do? Thanks, conscientious narc. I don't really think you have any choice but to talk to this young man's mother. It does sound like, you know... 
you're inferring that maybe mom is not the strongest parental figure. Um, she's getting some support from a grandmother and use the word stability. So which implies that at some point there was a lack of stability in his life and the mom could be a source of that. But I think you owe it to mom and to this young man to have a conversation with her about what's going on. Hopefully she'll be receptive and proactive. You know, just because she's a young mom doesn't mean she's going to turn a blind eye to vaping and pot smoking um, unless she's already done that. Uh, But let's hope that she has not. If you think that the grandmother would be a better person to talk to, that she may be more influential um, and maybe more able to reach the mother, you can talk to her about it um, instead. And I think that regardless of which of the two of them you choose to, I think that when this young man comes to your house, you should talk to him too. Um, It could be awkward, but he's been a guest in your home. He's close to your daughter. And you could say, look, like, you know, we love having you here. You're a great kid, but there's a couple of things that you're doing that are just really not good for you. And I understand why you would want to do those things and how tempting that could be, but you're setting yourself up for some long-term harm. You know, pot is something that people, you know, can use in a healthy, responsible way when they are old enough to handle it. You know, just like alcohol, There are things that are intended for adults and, you know, what you're doing is not good for you and vaping is not good for you regardless of your age. And so for you to start something like that, and I'm assuming he's vaping nicotine, you know, something so bad for your body at such a young age, you're setting yourself up for, you know, what could potentially be lifelong health challenges. I think you should restrict visits, you know, be more present, you know, don't um, allow the kids to be in a situation where he feels comfortable, you know, pulling out a vape or trying to get a smoke session going. Um, But I do agree with your instinct to allow the friendship to continue. It sounds like this young man could benefit from having a friend like your daughter and hopefully she'll continue to be honest with you about things that are going on in her friend circle, even when it's uncomfortable. I think one of the things to think about is like, are you tattling or Mm -hmm. are you telling for like a worthwhile intervention? And here it very clearly seems like you, your interest is not that he get in trouble. Your interest is that he make better choices and, and can you help him do that? I think though you have to prepare yourself for the, possibility that when you do intervene, it may not go well. And you may need to prepare your daughter for that as well. Because I I think there is a chance that intervening will make um, Mm -hmm. him feel like your daughter betrayed him. It may make the parents feel very um, uncomfortable, the grandmother, the mother. And, and there are, of course, ways you can, you know, you can say, I had to have, I had this conversation with my daughter and I'm calling you because, because of that, because I want to make sure your son is safe too. Um, I do not judge them. I do not plan to gossip or tell anyone else about this. I just want to provide this information to you as another parent. But I think also that you're probably going to have to have a conversation with your daughter that you've talked to, to, Um, his parents and if you talk to him about it. I do wonder if you're about your daughter's friendship with him only because the letter says that it it made them feel like 
that this child made your child feel bad. And so I I wonder if she's also asking for help. And so having some conversation mm. with her about, do you want this person around? Like, are, did, are you coming to me because you want help not having this person here? Or are you, you know, you also want to continue this relationship, but you want to do it in a safe way. And I think that should guide your decision about how the relationship continues, right? Like, it's always nice if she's looking for an out here, it's it, it may be very easy for her to say, my mom says you can't come over. And I think mm-hmm. we should always try to be those outs for our kids. Um, mm-hmm. But if what she wants is to continue the relationship, but she's uncomfortable with this one element, you can also be the person who has the conversation with her friend that says, we love having you here, like Jamila said, but we are not going to be vaping using using marijuana, whatever um, things you're worried about in this in this house. And I'm concerned about that because of, you know, the risks to your health. So I I just think have that conversation with your daughter and also let her know that you're going to talk to the parents or after you talk to the parents so that she doesn't feel betrayed. Like she may also be angry, but I think at least if she hears it from you instead of hearing it from him that, you know, all of that can make, I think children feel very like you don't mm-hmm. respect me as opposed to saying I did this or I'm going to do this because mm-hmm. I am a parent and it is my responsibility. Did you have, did someone talk to you effectively about drugs when you were a kid? Like, did anyone say anything that actually dissuaded you from trying stuff? Hmm. I don't remember my parents' conversations with me about weed until I got caught smoking. And, and at that point, I was, I just finished my freshman year in college. Um, yeah. I do remember the general sentiment in a lot of TV shows and, you know, anti-drug programming at school that weed was a gateway drug and that if I started it, like my life was going to spiral and go down. I don't think I took that terribly seriously, but I did not experiment until I was curious in high school, but none of my friends were smokers. And since nobody and like my older sisters refused to smoke with me. So like, even if I wanted to try it, I just had nowhere to go. And so that forced Mm -hmm. me to wait until I was 18 and out of the house. Yeah. How about you, Elizabeth? No, I mean, I was, I grew up in a house of lawyers. I was so terrified of all of the bad things (laughs) that could happen to you. Most of my friends in law school smoked something. (laughs) And I was, you know, around it a lot and just never felt inclined um, to try anything. Yeah. Yeah, 12 is really young. young. That's the other thing. Like, this just seems, this is not... uh, like even high school, no. you know, because right. it's 16 or 17, depending on what the situation with the parents was, you know, I don't know that I'd have the same answer. Right. Like I thought, I thought the same thing. I thought, well, you should go yeah, to the, totally chi- go to the kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. But then I'm thinking, but a 12 year old is not a functional, if you're close to that 18 yeah. mark, I can understand why the parent, what are the parents going right. to do? Like, what is the goal? Yeah. I mean, maintaining that relationship with your daughter who, who confided in you, that's, that's such a, a fine balance of like keeping that keeping that um that line open like it is now man this is a tough one cuz even even if he stops peer pressuring her she's still going to be around it when she hangs out with them yeah and what also about the emotional responsibility it's mm-hmm. also a lot for your daughter to yeah. undertake yeah. at 12 and we know teen brains are not great at, <laughs> at managing no. that. Well, I mean, I'm really curious 
um, conscientious narc, uh, what you end up doing. Can you keep us posted? We really would love to hear the follow-up here. If anyone else has any insights on this or um, anything else, you can always send us a voice memo or email us at momanddad at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday, so be sure to tune in. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Christy Taiwo Macanjula and Rosemary Belson. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. All right, Slate Plus listeners, let's keep it going. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton were recently on The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, where they discussed the time that Hillary and Bill left Chelsea behind at the Kremlin. <laughs> that got us thinking about moments in our parenting journeys or in our kid journeys where we have left a kid behind or perhaps we've been left behind. Ooh. I was left once. My father was supposed <laughs> to pick me up. Um, I guess I must have been in like fifth grade. And I think this year he picked me up from after school every day and brought me home to my mom. And he like showed up at the house and <laughs> she's like, what the hell? You know, and he's like, huh? And she's like, where's Jamila? Um, because he had forgotten to get me. That is not something that she has ever allowed him to live down. <laughs> <laughs> so he just like came over without even realizing that like the whole point of him coming over was... To bring me, yes. To bring you home. Classic. My in-laws had a similar... They um, Jeff is the youngest of three, and they literally moved without him. Like, they were leaving the house, and he was in the car seat, and I guess... You know, Oma thought Opa had it. Opa thought Oma had it. And they both showed up at the new oh, house. No. And it was like, where who has, who has Jeff? <laughs> so he almost didn't make the move. I, um, we lost Oliver once at the London Transportation Museum, like in the basement. And it's this huge maze. And Oliver was super scared. And we were super scared because he is like the least, um, you know, the other kids I think would like make a lot of noise or try to find us. Mm. He like, we had lost him it was kind of like all these turns and jeff and i usually do like a i have two i have one like checking when we leave and i we had a little baby teddy had just been born i mean it was just like total confusion and we just walked away without him and we were two or three kind of turns before we realized it and so trying to find him but he was so small he was just like sitting in this corner <laughs> you know like, like easy easy to miss but I was thinking like, wow, with three kids, I've only had this one thing happen. So and bad. then literally yesterday, <laughs> I got into the minivan. I was only driving Henry and he had gotten into the van. And then I went to like go bring the trash cans back in. And then I got in the van, pulled out, drove to the end of the street and realized he was not in the car. I guess he had gotten in. He got out and he like hid in our big bucket bike thinking it would be funny. And I just drove off without him. And he said, didn't you not see me? You know, didn't you see that I wasn't sitting there? And I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. I assumed <laughs> sure that you were in the car before you were still in the car. So, <laughs> you know. Um, <sighs> well, I am five years old in Orlando, Florida at Disney World with my family. It's my first time at Disney. And I mean, thinking back on the memory now, I'm sure like the thoroughfares with like 
hundreds of people were really much much narrower and you know only had like dozens of people but obviously it's a very crowded place it's a busy place my family is walking from one attraction to the other i kind of lose track of him for a second and then i see my dad and run up and like grab his hand and i'm we're walking hand in hand and then you know i'm just like whatever daydreaming looking around and then i look up at my dad and realize oh that's not my dad (laughs) and then the guy looks down at at me and realizes oh my god that's not my son (laughs) no no and i start to freak out and i I look to the side look in front of me and then i turn around and i see my mom my dad and my sister just watching and laughing (laughs) they saw they saw the whole thing it probably lasted three seconds in my mind you know it was five minutes but they they saw it all happen and you know realized that i wasn't in any any imminent danger which it seems pretty um sadistic now as i tell you this they're not evil people but um that's the closest I ever got to uh, to losing my family. Uh, I think I'd watch my kids do that, too. Uh, that's really funny. Sounds pretty entertaining. <laughs> Have you all ever or your kids run off, um, like, in a store? At Carson's, I remember, I think I was, like, hiding in a clothing rack. I just thought it would be funny. I was going to say, in the rack. Yeah, hiding in I the I used racks. to like to go uh, in the middle of the rack. That would be so fun, yeah. you know? And then my mom's, like, completely <laughs> freaked out looking for me. And I think Adventure got to the point where, like, they had to page me on the intercom. That's when I knew I had gone <laughs> too far. Like... I might be in trouble. Yeah, my daughter just did that at Whole Foods the other day. It's, it's terrifying. It's the worst. I don't yeah. like it. There's a yeah. good episode of Blackish of uh, in the in the first season. It's about it's about spanking, you know, and they make the decision they never spanks mm. their children. And the youngest son at the time, Jack, um, is a runner, and it's his thing is to you know go run off and hide, and he does it to both of his parents at the store various occasions, and they freak out. And his father promises him a whooping, and so there's this all you know this debate amongst the parents and the old school grandparents, and the kids are all freaked out. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they decide mm-hmm. not to do it. But um, I think it really captured the fear of your child disappearing yep. on you and just how frustrating it is because it's like, what do you do? Correcting that behavior with a really small child is very daunting because some of them do not let it go. No. Yeah. <laughs> we would love to hear your crazy stories of kids left behind, at least to make us all feel a little bit better. If you have some, let us know at momandad at slate.com. Well, Slate Plus, thanks for joining us. And be sure to join us on Monday for a regular show and Thursday for another bonus segment. Bye.